Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to Shadowcast episode 18. I'm Whiskey Neon, joined tonight with Black Mask. Hey, what's up? Rainmaker. Ahoy. Mr. Chin. The more you know. <laughs> Waterfall. Ah. Hey. And the amazing Zandy. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> that was very amazing. <laughs> uh, it, what's interesting here is this is the first episode in which we are experimenting with a new technology here. Uh, we're actually doing a hybrid of VoIP and tin can and string. So, uh, amazingly, we have connected Wirefall and Zandy via tin can and string to our VoIP connection. So, uh, it's pretty amazing. I- I'm pretty happy <laughs> we were able to pull this off. Um, big props to Mr. Chin for coming up with the... Uh, the standardization for the tin can and the string. There was a lot of arguments over that. Quite welcome. We settled on nylon. Yeah. Be okay. Yeah. Uh, The RFC will be out very soon. Uh, So... Does it support signal? uh, No, there's there's no Uh, end-to-end encryption. uh, This is a a beta release. Yeah. We we plan to uh, have end-to-end encryption... Um, at some it's point, on our, it's on our Q4 roadmap. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, uh, what did you uh, guys and girls do this week? Nothing. Is that, is that the consistency from everyone that no one did anything this week? Uh, I had a, uh, bought a trailer, seven by 16 foot. Uh, trailer and uh, went and barbecued with Cannibal Corpse and Obituary Cryptopsy and Abysmal Dawn till till the fucking Abysmal Dawn. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. Wow, that's that's pretty cool. Oh, what did you cook? Uh, our standard, which is uh, boneless pork ribs, uh, cooked in Chicago's finest Sweet Baby Rays. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that Good sounds stuff. awesome. Well, I had um, I had a lot of things happen this week, but uh, one thing that I've been playing with is uh, the dreadful Windows 10. And so I have an Xbox One, and uh, one of the features of Windows 10 is being able to uh, stream your console over the LAN. And so I, I didn't... I mean, that's cool and all, but the real the real functionality you want is to be able to stream from, you know, elsewhere, uh, over the WAN. And that currently isn't an option. So, uh, I was trying to, basically you have the Xbox app and you can turn on your console remotely. Uh, if it's configured for like a wake on land type thing that doesn't work over a VPN. So I, I set up, uh, on my hypervisor, a, uh, I tried setting up an Android, uh, VM, but things were really flaky with that and, and the app, but I was able to um, set up a Windows 10 VM and use a smart glass app to turn on the Xbox, and then from there I could play uh, from 100 miles away. It was pretty cool uh, being able to... It's almost like Netflix for your video games. So that's about the most entertaining thing that and exciting thing that's happened to me in in a good while. 
so for remote and over a VPN and you're not lagging. Well, yeah, that's what's so impressive about it. And, and the latency is actually not that bad. I, I was playing Watch Dogs, uh, which is like my favorite game. And that's sort of like a Grand Theft Auto uh, style free roaming gameplay uh, with hacking mixed into it. And yeah, it was fine. I was able to drive around with... I, I, I couldn't really notice any any kind of uh, like lag or, or anything. I didn't... You know, I, I just didn't notice any noticeable lag there. Uh, maybe if I played an FPS, I would notice something. But I think for most games, it'll work. And what's cool is that you can adjust the quality settings. So the highest quality is like 10 megabits per second. And uh, you can go down to, I think, 2 megabits per second. So you can kind of adjust due to your bandwidth. And, yeah, using a Layer 3 VPN, just being able to do it all without lag was pretty awesome. Well, that's great. Yeah, what I found it's was... Like, what, 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 I, was <laughs> what was that vaporware company where you were supposed to be able to stream games from them? On live. And, and they're not vaporware. They, they went to product, and they were bought by Sony, and that technology is currently in PS4. You oh, can, nice. It actually did go somewhere. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, you can play PS4 games on a uh, PS Vita, and I think possibly, if I remember correctly, you might be able to do it on Sony laptops or phones or some shit. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that 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 exists on the Sony PS4 platform. Uh, but for the Xbox One, being able to stream that—that's something that's not currently available. So it's pretty cool. Not really a gamer myself, but did you read uh, this week? Uh... Microsoft announced that they will be doing cross-platform. Yeah, yeah. Gameplay. I'm excited for that. Um, what that means is, right now, PS4, uh, Nintendo, Wii, uh, and uh, yeah, th- those are PC can are allowed. I guess you could say the consoles allow uh, you to play cross-platform, and there are PC and PS4 games that are cross-platform there. But Xbox has always prohibited that, and now they've opened it up. So I am super excited. Do you mean like is this for multiplayer? Like you can yeah, play? Yeah. Okay, you can play people on other platforms playing the same game. Exactly. Imagine being able to play a game in two years from now that'll be PS4, Xbox, and PC all being able to play on the same server. Well, yeah, if it's so- first-person shooters and the PC players are gonna do very well. <laughs> Yeah, they're going to suffer the wrath of the PC master race. I don't think that they're going to... I think I think for FPSs, I would imagine that they would just have those big consoles only, to be honest. I can't see anyone being happy with that shit. Or maybe an optional thing. I don't know. I, I just don't see that being something that a lot of people would be down with. But yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing that was interesting about this is that some of the apps... On X, uh, Xbox One, you cannot use for the streaming. So I couldn't open up uh, like Netflix, for example, and stream over the network. But Plex worked just fine. I mean, there's no real reason to do that. I just wanted to see if I could because I thought it would be hilarious to be kind uh, of. It probably has to do with all of their. Like some screwy licensing. licensing. Yeah. Which really doesn't make much sense, but, you know whatever uh but but yeah it's pretty cool so if you have an xbox one all you need to do is have a 
uh, Android device or iOS device that you can somehow remotely control, which means you're not going to be able to do that uh, with the device itself. You'd want to have like an Android VM that you can remote into and use the Smart Glass app to power on the uh, the console. And all it is is sending a magic packet to the Xbox, and it's proprietary. Someone tried reversing it, but the success rate's been broken since they upgraded the Xbox to Windows 10, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, if you can get the Smart Glass app either from via Windows 10 or on Android in a VM, you can then send that magic packet and have uh, your, your console turn on and then use your Xbox app to stream over a VPN. And it works great. So for those of so you... even put DRM on Wake on LAN. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Believe it or not, they they managed to do it. Uh, and so so that what I was talking about earlier before the show was, uh, you know, of course, using Windows 10, you don't want to do that for so many different reasons. But if you've got an older laptop that you don't even use, uh, and you do have an Xbox One, you could just just upgrade that for free to Windows 10, and then don't use it for anything but a remote console, and you've got that, you know. Uh, so in that sense, it's actually pretty cool, and you do not need a decent uh, computer to do the Xbox One app. I have like a shitty uh, like AMD. ThinkPad that I was running this all on. Um, it, it can't even run like an HD video, basically, but it, it was able to stream the uh, Xbox experience uh, really well. So that's worth checking out. Uh, anyone else got some cool little things they want to share with the world? Well, well all right. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. No. Yeah, shit. Uh, all right, well, then I guess we'll move into our first segment of the show. Now it's time for the feed. So I was searching around the IOActive blog uh, all of about 20 minutes ago, and I found a, an interesting article that um, is really kind of a tongue-in-cheek primer to uh, verse engineering and hardware development and things of that nature. The subject has got 15 minutes to kill. Why not root your Christmas gift? Uh, the gist of it is uh, a TP-Link IP camera, model number NC200 um, and NC220 are vulnerable to uh, injection through the PPOE username and password settings. Um, you can write to the disk and do all sorts of other things um, within that device. It only runs as the root user, so uh, once you're in, you're in. Um, the article itself goes through uh, the process of disassembling and reverse engineering it, which was more interesting than the uh, analysis itself. Um, that is going to be at um, tinyurl or bit.ly slash something, and I'll have that short URL. Thanks. Thanks for being prepared. You're welcome. The listeners will appreciate the huge lapse here. Uh, I know, I know I will. Oh, let's move on and you can give that URL later. Uh, Blackmath, why don't you drop some feeds on us? Okay, so, uh, apparently, uh, Amazon is taking the next step in, uh, 
being everything, and it's leasing 20 Boeing jets to help speed up their deliveries. Uh, personally, I didn't have a problem with their delivery times. I have Amazon Prime, and I get free two-day shipping. But uh, yeah, I guess it's yeah they, they want to take more control over their fulfillment process, and I guess they're kind of kind of fuck over you know FedEx and UPS and. I'm all for it. Just a little bit. Think about this strategy here. This isn't just about getting your packages to you quicker. Uh, Amazon's doing a full frontal assault on uh, <laughs> on like um, fashion. They they have their own uh, lines that they have launched. You've got uh, their new business section that they're really really trying to. Uh, tell people, hey, you've, this, you use Amazon for business. Go over here, um, and that's competing directly with like Newegg's business uh, and CDW and um, other, you know, business-to-business offerings. Uh, and of course, they have that drone program that, you know, whether or not that really ends up being viable, we'll see. But I think they're trying to vertically integrate all across the board and this is part of it at some point amazon could be 100 percent responsible from um you know the through the whole delivery process and you're starting to see that with uh what's the same day delivery service at amazon now is that what it's called it's uh, prime now delivery. what what is it it's uh called the prime now if that's what you're referring to yeah yeah, yeah. The one where the, the guy will come and deliver, hand deliver your stuff to you? Yeah, yeah. And so you've got that that's already, you know, that's kind of like a, 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 for a city type thing. Uh, but... I've there, used oh, it, if there's any, if that's any consolation. Didn't you use it for the mic you're speaking on? Yes, I did, actually. <laughs> I, they, uh, the, the, the fulfillment center happened to be within delivery radius of my office, so I placed an order, and inside of an hour I had this microphone sitting on my desk because our local um, security people also serve as mail people. So I'm just sitting there working, and this guy walks up with a box, and I'm like, what the Oh, hey, that's cool. Thank you. I didn't have to leave my desk for anything. It was fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, so... I feel like this is just a part of their vertical uh, integration across the board, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out because if they can control every aspect of the distribution, uh, and they, you know they're looking towards automated means of doing things, uh, I, I don't know. This is going to be pretty cool to see what Amazon does with all of this uh, in the in the future. I know for a fact that. Uh, they are relying on USPS and FedEx for the prime delivery and there's so many problems that can occur with the the deliveries there I've experienced a lot of that and and honestly if Amazon gets any better at, at their prime delivery service I'm going to be very disappointed because I have really enjoyed them screwing up and not having the package in two days because all I have to do is complain to customer service and I start getting free shit like you wouldn't believe. Um, I, I've gotten hundreds of dollars worth of free shit from Amazon due to them fucking up on, on sending me stuff. So it's really cool. If you complain, you can actually get your product refund and you just get it for free. Uh, you just waited four days. Big whoop. 
Uh, it doesn't say how many they've leased, but uh, they're all Boeing uh, Boeing 767s. I thought it was 22. Um, what? 22? I thought it was, yeah. Could be. Uh, they're leasing them for five to seven years. That's... Oh, tw 20. Uh, 20 Boeing jets. Oh, 20. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, that'll be interesting. They also recently registered to do um, maritime ocean freight. Yeah, from China. Yeah. Oh, Alibaba, watch out. <laughs> They're coming for you. Yeah, Jeff Bezos. Man, actually, the, I, I love that because with Alibaba, it, it, like Alibaba Express or Alibaba uh, like OG, you're still going to wait like a month to get your product in. So if they're do if Amazon's handling the freight, the shipping, all of it, that's just going to be badass. I welcome our new retail overlords. <laughs> <laughs> I think I heard that they're uh, talking about starting up their own university too. What? Yeah, there's rumors that they're toying with the idea of starting up a university of some sort. What like? Uh, is this going to be something where you can uh, save money on your, your books because it's just going to be a Kindle? <laughs> <laughs> no fucking clue. But if their university like has a bookstore that sells books for like 25% or even like 80% of normal textbook prices, oh. they'll probably win. Yeah, their tuition would be hella cheap at that point. Books uh, are prime too. membership, you get your uh, diploma delivered in an hour or less. Yeah. <laughs> You know, this is going to be an interesting question. Um, Amazon Prime is free for students. Uh, so if you're a member of Amazon University, do you get Prime for free? Huh. That's so meta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so you got another you got another story to drop on us? Wait, wait, wait. Oh. Bef before that, do you have the damn link yet, Mr. Chin? You're... I do, I do. I have it. Sorry, wrong, wrong, uh, wrong mouse. It's tinyurl.com slash Mr. Chin No Herpes. All right. So there you go. All right. Give us another story, Black Math. Okay. Uh, so some researchers at uh, the Edinburgh. Napier University have discovered that uh, you can theoretically do reflection attacks or uh, reflection denial, denial of service attacks with TFTP. Ooh. Um, so, you know, like over the past uh, few years, there's been DNS and NTP that people can use for uh, DOS reflection attacks <clears throat> or amplification attacks. Um, apparently, TFTP uh, can do the same but in a higher concentration of the uh, uh, of the reflection um, let's see they say that if all specific conditions are met this traffic can be applied up to 60 times the original amount uh, most implementations automatically retransmit the same message up to six times which also contributes to the amplification damn so you know, TFTP is used for things like uh, like netbooting and network e uh, equipment transfers, uh, firmware, things like that. Yeah. Uh, you would think that it's not something that should be exposed oh, to the public man. internet, right? Oh, well, Shodan tells a different story. 
Yeah, apparently yeah. there's about 60,000, uh, you can get about 60,000 results on Shodan. Um, and then some port scanning research indicated that there are about almost 600,000 publicly open TFTP servers. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, that's it, TFTP is used heavily with VoIP phones for provisioning the uh, configuration. Yep. And so I would imagine that uh, at least some of those, probably, I would assume a good chunk of it would be for, for VoIP phones uh, that aren't, that, you know, like a lot of VoIP phones support VPNs uh, built in, but uh, whether or not those are used depends on the corporation. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of those are because they don't know how to VPN or are too lazy. Or don't give a shit. <laughs> oh, that'll be interesting to see uh, the havoc that will occur on on networks that use that. I wonder. I wonder what you could do. And now nah, I'm not gonna start talking about this. I no. Okay, now yeah, I'm gonna say. Never I'm gonna say. Uh, you could probably have a lot of fun on a hotel uh, VoIP network with that. That would just be really entertaining. Oh man. That's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just saying, uh, just saying, just saying. I was gonna say, especially if they happen to configure it uh, as a flat network and give you access from either, um, you know, guest wireless or plugging in the room. Oh, dude, you don't even have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't even have to do that. Uh, it, it, you can look at a lot of the phones. You could access the configuration information. Uh, get the VLAN ID. Menus, yeah. Uh, you can spoof the Mac. You can, you can get on that network even if it's not flat. Uh, of course, the only time you would want to do this if you were doing a pen test, um, especially if it was a pro bono pen test. Right. <laughs> so, well, that's pretty cool. Uh, you got another story, right, Black Math? Uh, let's see. Um, yes, I do. Um, so, the title of this article is Connected Auto Device Let's Hackers Redirect Truck, truck and Bus Routes. Um, so, <laughs> apparently, uh, there are thousands of vehicles that are directly connected to the internet with no authentication, um, or the, the devices running uh, the telematics on these vehicles have uh, no authentication. They're open to the internet and uh, apparently you can attack them and change their routing and uh, all kinds of fun stuff like that. Neato. Yeah. So I wonder, I wonder if Megabus uses uh, the same type of telematics <laughs> that are vulnerable. Then you could just stay on the bus and maybe like kind of control where the bus goes. If you want to, you know, get off make, earlier or make a stop. You know, because you're hungry. Oh, or you could just set it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> that, that happens all by itself. Yeah, yeah. That's that's its own little flaw. Yeah, and Megabus uh, is something I highly recommend people experience in their life. <laughs> Don't go to Greyhound. Uh, go to Megabus. It is, it is life-changing. You get free Wi-Fi. Which equates well, to a shitty MiFi device that doesn't work because every single person there is trying to stream YouTube. <laughs> I think you, you can uh, cover I'm, Megabus during the Your Mom segment, can't you? Oh my God, yes, yes, that'll be it. So uh, we can get 
Yeah, that'll be great. Some mega bus stories. Oh boy. In a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Zandy, you had a story, right? Yeah, I had a hopefully interesting story. As the time as time goes on, don't know a whole lot about it, but it looks like um, there's an interesting exploit that'll affect Qualcomm Snap, uh, Snapdragon system on chip systems, and it sounds like it's some sort of issue with a kernel driver, uh, a kernel module. So, hopefully, in the near to not so near future, we'll see a lot more um, routes involving this that would. Uh, that would be really cool to see an exploit that'll work across a lot of different devices. But I haven't been following Android things for a while, so who knows? But given that you know the Snapdragon system on chip is really popular, th- this could be <laughs> lots of devices that this affects. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I saw something on that, so it's, uh, it's supposed to be the same one that, that did affect the Android um, or similar that affected Androids that were patched. Uh, but this, that so many of the IoT devices uh, have that system on a chip. Yeah, there's a specific, um, I'm just kind of skimming over a bit of it now. There's two CVEs that are listed in this article I just found just now. There's CVE 2016-0819 and 0805, if you want to dig those up. But this is saying, oh, let's see. Could include the Nexus 5X, 6P, 6, 5, 4, a bunch of Nexus devices. Uh, but I guess it sounds like it's the Qualcomm Snapdragon um, 800 series, like the 800, 805, 810, and a 3.10 Linux kernel version are what you want to look for. But that's all I've heard about it, so I'm not even sure if there's an exploit available or, or not. I hope so. This exploit was an inside job. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, thank you, Zandy. <laughs> yeah, so, so keep an eye out for Roots, because hopefully we'll have a lot more. Yeah, you know, as as bad as it is, it's also good. Uh, so that you can, you know, root your phone. So that's nice. Uh, I have I have a, a, a lockdown phone that I just can't wait to... Uh, See if I can jailbreak it. Wow, I just used jailbreak when referring to Android. Well, anyways, you understand what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Rainmaker, uh, I th- think you had a story, right? Yeah, sure do. Um, our favorite hacktivist group, Anonymous, has uh, recently announced they plan to launch uh, cyber attacks against the Trump campaign starting April 1st. Um, yeah, in a message on uh, Anonymous's YouTube channel, uh, someone wearing the uh, standard Guy Fox mask was <laughs> stating uh, that Trump's actions were appalling and uh, they must stop the presidential campaign and dismantle the campaign and sabotage his brand. So, um, looking forward to seeing what they uh, come up uh, come up with as of uh, April first. So, I, I don't know what's better. Uh... Like this is this is a prime example of of two like you've got Trump over in this corner and anonymous in the other corner. It's like the internet retards unite and fight each other. This is amazing. Who's gonna sabotage the campaign first, anonymous or Trump? <laughs> uh, 
Like Maybe. South Park cripple fight. Yeah, exactly. Yes. This is uh, what 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 can you possibly do? Um, oh, they're gonna DOS his campaign website. Well, big whoop. It's not gonna do much. It's already protected by Cloudflare, anyways. Uh, so good luck with that with your low orbit ion cannons. Um, I yeah, I I would really like to see what they can come up with. As a collective, because I'm sure there's going to be lots of angry tweets. <laughs> That'll show them. <laughs> Maybe I they... mean, honestly, if Trump can't sync his own campaign with what he said already, they're not going to be able to dig anything up that will. Yeah, this is just going to make people like him more. Yeah. They'd have to go after, like, you know, logistics and uh, lines of communication and things like that. Not. Yeah, and I've done research into this, and... There, there's definitely ways to do it, but it's not something that you just go and say, "Hey, April Fool's Day," uh, and and you know, it's just magical. You would have already have had to have compromised things to be able to pull anything off. Uh, it's it's not as easy as dosing some damn email server or whatever they figure out. Although I think they, it could be pretty pretty effective if they, uh, perhaps like deface his sites. Um, take over Twitter and post certain things because he he gets pretty sensitive or butthurt about uh, certain things. I think when people tease him or well, yeah, paint him I, in a certain light. I think that the he best just take over his Twitter account yeah. and and start spouting out really nice things. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's way too clever for anonymous to ever do. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah, taking over his Twitter account, that is, hands down, the that would be the highlight. Um, also his Instagram, because here's the thing, anything that Anonymous could do to, that would be, like, offensive or whatever, no one would fucking know it was taken over. They would just <laughs> think that was him. Like, yeah, he'd have to just get really nice. Like, you could put an absurd video on his Instagram profile, and it would just fit in. Like, his new little <laughs> internet ad with Hillary Clinton is just her barking. And, and, and like, Vladimir Putin, like, is it, who do you want to go against Vladimir Putin? And it's Vladimir Putin, like, doing his karate moves. And then it, it cuts to a clip of her barking. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, and then it's Vladimir Putin just laughing. Like, that's literally what his official campaign puts out is just stupid ass okay i got it i got it what we need to do or they need to do is a tweet <laughs> from trump's campaign uh, twitter account saying that he's decided to leave the republican party and join the lemon party <laughs> oh that's and then link to lemonparty.org <laughs> <URL. laughs> yeah. oh that'd be good oh my god that is that's an excellent idea uh that yeah yeah that sounds great <laughs> Like I got just, one more story. What was that? I was saying it'd be hilarious if they just started posting time cube shit to his Instagram. Yeah, well, time cube, nobody, no. No, I, don't know. I, I, I know all about time cube, but that's a entire episode on its own. <laughs> that can be your mom for next week, Zandy. Uh, oh yeah, I, I can blow all your minds with time cube. Everything you know is a lie. Well, that sounds like a good cult we could start. Um, but moving on, Rainmaker, what was your other story? Yeah, uh, recently a bunch of big-name websites were hit by some uh, 
crypto locking malware. Uh, let's see. It's a bunch of JSON-based files that are really, really obfuscated, and um, apparently it has been undiscovered for a while, but uh, just came out recently in these uh, – uh, oh, I forget what the word is. But anyway, uh, a bunch of the sites include uh, Zero Hedge, um, MSN, BBC, AOL. Um, it, it's – let's see. Who else? Uh, yeah, MSN, New York Times, Xfinity, NFL, Realtor. Damn. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty big, and it was <laughs> uh, open for about 24 hours before they uh, locked that down. And it goes to two separate uh, domains, um, specifically... Where is it? My fucking notes. <laughs> anyway, it was going to two domains. Track my traffic in talk95.pw. Oh wow, man! So, so what? How did this? I mean, what was it doing? Explain what the actual effect of this was for the site. Crypto locker, um, basically just encrypting the end users' particular files. Um, okay, so so this was attacking end users. It wasn't on the server itself. Well, it's on the web server itself, but it was right. distributing the malware. Okay, okay, that's that's. So basically, you go and. Hit NFL.com and boom, your work machine's uh, crypto lockered. That's awesome. Yeah, specifically, uh, it was Tesla Crypt. So that's, I think it's just uh, just Windows machines right now that are affected with Tesla Crypt. That's awesome. Like, wow. Talk about big. You know what? That's actually kind of impressive that they only had two servers for all those huge sites. Think about the amount of traffic that was just getting pounded on those servers. If if those didn't go down, that's some damn good engineering. But it's totally unethical. It's, it's and no F ping or H ping. <laughs> yeah, no, it's no H ping. Yeah. they weren't hosting those those CNC servers on a Raspberry Pi. Hey no, hey no, that H ping caused me to uh, come up with the scenario that I now throw at interview candidates that I talk to. <laughs> I'm dead serious. What's like the, a week after that happened, I found myself interviewing a guy, and he's got this cocky attitude. So I throw him the scenario that you presented to me. <laughs> what, 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 like, explain what what do you do in this interview? That that like, what you're like, what do you do if H ping? Uh, no, no. Him? Here's here's the scenario I throw him. You've got a and and I don't you know whatever, um, but you've got a server and. Um, the OS has failed. The drive has failed. Uh, the OS is running in RAM. Um, only binaries that you can access in RAM are available. So your standard SSH, SCP, your usual utilities are gone. Um, you need to copy data off of a secondary drive to a remote server. You need to do it securely, and you need to do it over the public internet. And you can't reboot. Go. Oh, so you don't you don't mention HPing though? No. no. Oh, because I was about to say like. What the hell would someone say? Like, talk about a bitch of a, of a question for an interview. And, and, and to, to, for full disclosure, it's not about them getting the answer right. If they get the answer right, awesome. If not, I don't care. It's about how they go about it. Yeah, I got you. I got you. It's just... Uh... <laughs> a, friend, a friend of mine had one of the best, technically correct, but not necessarily what they were looking for answers, I think, in an, in an interview. They asked what some random port some service ran on. And he was more development kind of guy, developer kind of guy, uh, security-oriented, yep. but not a networking guy. 
And his answer was Cat Etsy Services Pipe Grip. (laughs) 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 That's awesome. I tip my fedora to that guy. Um, That's awesome. Well, I've got a I've got a news item here. Uh, Feds arrest the uh, dude behind the fappening. So, for those who 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 aren't aware of the fappening, it was also called Celebgate for uh, the media who doesn't want to mention fappening. <laughs> Although the fappening is like the best name for anything ever. Um, but yes. Uh, it, this this uh, this article is is the most garbage writing I've ever read in my life. So I have to read this sentence to you. The feds have nabbed one of the cyber friends involved in the Celebgate hack. I, I don't. I've never heard of the term cyber friends before in that context. But um, for those of you who who aren't aware what happened with this. The, the leaked photos, uh, well, nude photos of a ton of celebrities, including, uh, I, guess, I guess if you were to, uh, yeah, the, just a lot of A-listers, Jennifer Lawrence, Christina Hendricks, Anna Kendrick, uh, uh, who else? There was Kate Upton, Lee Michelle. Uh, oh, dozens, dozens. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them that you didn't know their names, but knew their faces. Anyways, Ryan Collins, who's 36, of Lancaster, PA, he uh, he's pleading guilty to the felony of the CFAA, and uh, he faces 18 months, uh, well, anywhere between 18 months and five years in prison, which I say is pretty, pretty good on him for, <laughs> uh, like, only getting that amount of time, because if you really think about all of what he... Uh, all the different accounts that he got into, that could rack up pretty quick. Um, with the he accessed over a hundred uh, Apple and Google email accounts, and targeted mostly female celebrities. So um, what he ended up doing was he was the guy who did the phishing campaign, and what he did was the fake login screen, and they reset their passwords and blah blah blah. But this wasn't the guy who actually leaked uh, all of the content. Uh, I was following this story. He was just a cyber friend. He was just a cyber friend. (laughs) (laughs) And and the story goes uh, that another cyber friend um, uh, on 4chan, as all great things on the internet start, uh, this post on 4chan where this guy was on a, a hidden service site and group of where these... All these people congregated and shared uh, celebrity photos. And for you to be able to get a part of this group, you had to contribute your own um, OC uh, for joining the group. And um, once he got in, there I don't know, there was some weird shit going on. And basically he took the content and he was going to try to sell it. And then there was a dump. And then it was all over Reddit and then all over the internet, you can see... Uh, basically, if you if you Google any of these people's names, I'm sure you can find it really easily. Uh, and, yeah. He, oh, uh, just so many people were going nuts over uh, Scarlett Johansson's p- 
pictures and all of these different celebrities. And uh, one thing that was interesting about this, he's not being charged uh, for the crime that, uh, God, what, uh, was it Jennifer Lawrence, uh, the Hunger, Hunger Games girl? She was saying that this uh, was a sex crime. She was trying to go down that angle. Uh, I'm sure it is violating, but I don't, I don't know about the term sex crime. That's something that we have to, I guess, figure out what we consider in this digital age, if that's actually a sex crime. Revenge porn is kind of an issue, uh, and I don't know if this constitutes under those laws, but regardless, he's only being charged with the CFAA. So... This isn't the guy who leaked it, but it is the guy who hacked into 100 accounts or fished 100 accounts. So, yeah, that's that happened, that JPEG. So, there we go. Uh, it's uh, actually related to that, but as far as uh, criminals uh, being caught, I guess it wasn't actually caught, but uh, the Lulsec guy that doxed himself. Oh, wait, this was a member of Lulsec who doxed himself? No, 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 there's also the story that the, the little sick guy that just doxed himself said he'll get arrested, punished, and then can go get a good real job. Oh, well. Is the, the Romanian hacker guy? or? Yeah, yeah. Ghost Shell. That's right. Wait, Ghost yeah. Shell? Isn't that the dude who, uh, who, who got into, um, was it, he, he got into, uh, the guy who was, ah, shit. All kinds of stuff. Yeah, but didn't he get into like a, uh, an ex-CIA guy's email account recently? Or, or, or years ago, I should say. Was that the same guy? I don't know. Oh. Uh, he, uh... I guess it was part of uh, the dumping of tens of thousands of records from University of Arkansas's computer store. Yeah. Um, among a bunch of other things. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, um, I, I want to if you want, him. actually, if you want more information on that guy who felt bad and doxxed himself, you can just go to tinyurl.com slash mrchindddf. So <laughs> M-R-C-H-I-N-D-D-F. There we go. Um, and then if you want to check out more info on the uh, arrest of the fappening guy, you can go to tinyurl.com. Slash Mr. Chin Cyber Friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's Mr. Chin Cyber Friends. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's great. Uh, well, that's all the news I think we all have. Does anyone else have anything else? Oh, yeah. Maybe Zandy can uh, comment on this one. The uh, researchers who uh, discovered an actual pattern in prime number sequences oh yeah I actually read about that earlier it's neat yeah so apparently uh, it's not as as random as uh, as as they once thought there's yet to be peer reviewed or anything but uh, yeah from from what I read it sounds interesting I don't know how big of an impact it has because I don't know it's not going to know that much about prime numbers but the gist of it was that you know every prime number except for two is odd and so they're going to end in 1, 3, 7, or 9. They're not going to end in 5 because then they're divisible by 5. Um, but what they found is that last digit of a prime, uh, there's some weird pattern to it where if it ended in a 3, for example, 
then the next prime after it probably would not end in a three with a different kind of probability than you would expect. It wasn't just uniform. So there, it was, it was kind of weird where it was like, okay, if a prime ended in a three, then there was only a 25% or whatever probability of the next prime ending in the three. To be truly random, it'd be a 25% probability, but um, certain numbers, uh, there there are certain patterns that have like 30% or maybe higher probability of coming yeah. out. Oh, wow. I don't know. Does this mean anything for like, uh, you know, like crypto or anything like that? Um, I'm not sure it does. There's some interesting, you know, because still, as far as I know, there's no like overarching pattern that uh people have found in the prime numbers but there are some kinds of patterns like uh if you've there's some number theory stuff where you know the approximate distribution of prime numbers where you say okay god what is it it's like a one over gamma sort of function i don't know there's something that i don't remember i'd have to look into my notes for but there's a lot of different kinds of properties of prime numbers that we know about uh, and about how they're distributed, but we don't have it totally nailed down. So this is pretty interesting. It might fit into um, a larger theory, but yeah, I think I'm it's not pretty cool. Sure, how far along that research is, or if there's anything to expect, because yeah, a lot of um, you know, like RSA, inter- well, that's integer factorization, but you use big prime numbers, and so the cool thing is, like, we can pretty quickly check if a number is prime so we can generate prime numbers and have a good idea that a big number is prime so we can use it but if we have patterns that we know about prime numbers that might be something we could actually do much faster or uh maybe there'd be some way to use that in an attack not sure maybe increase the likelihood of certain types of attacks being successful i don't know Anyway, if you want to know more about it, you can just go to tinyurl.com slash MrChin4M. <laughs> the number four. Mr. Chin number four, M. I really hope there's someone that looks at all the URLs that people make. I hope there's a log somewhere that people go through every now and then. Oh, yeah. If they saw all the Mr. Chin-themed Chin ones I've made over the years, they'd be pretty disturbed. Not only with the URLs, but the end content. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, to bring it back to what I was mentioning earlier, uh, it wasn't the, the the ghost guy. It was a different Romanian hacker that I was referring to, but this was something that was kind of talked about briefly uh, like over the past two weeks that I wanted to mention real quick. Um, it's a Romanian hacker named Guccifer, and in uh, March of 2013, he hacked into the AOL account of Sidney Blumenthal. I, I, I cannot imagine that's how you pronounce his last name, but that's literally how it's spelled. Um, but he leaked to Russia Today uh, four emails uh, that were emailed from this email account to Hillary Clinton. Now, that happened in 2013, so, I mean, like, the dude, he, 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 like, sends this as an image, and it's got, like, this pink background, and the, all of the email is in Comic Sans, 
and it's got like an MS Paint, a little like G on on it, like his little stamp of approval. It looks completely fake and full of shit. So the credibility of these emails back then were kind of up in the air, especially with, uh, you know, Russia Today just running with the story. Uh, anything that would be against the, the State Department in the U.S. is definitely something that RT def would want to go for. Um, but uh, now that we actually have Hillary Clinton's emails in a searchable database, of the four emails that were leaked, uh, only three show up in the database. There's one that's completely gone. And uh, so with the other three being 100% legitimate... This one not being in the in the uh, searchable archives, uh, what does that mean? Uh, well, no one really knows, but the missing email is is pretty interesting, I think, because it talks about um, uh, it was written by a former CIA uh, bro who um, uh, alleges that uh, Sunni. Saudi Arabians were behind the Benghazi attack. So, uh, this is just, for me, like, I don't, I don't give a shit about going into the politics of talking about her emails, which was, you know, its own subject. And then the whole Benghazi bullshit, which is another subject. But I, I think that it's interesting that this hasn't even really been talked about at all. Uh, like at all, and this is something that you would expect uh, Republicans who get the biggest hard on about Benghazi and the hugest hard on about her emails. There's like this one that's missing, but because I guess it's Saudi Arabians, they're just not going to do anything about it. So I don't know. It's pretty interesting. You should go check that out and start developing your own conspiracy theories. And the URL what email. What now? Oh, go ahead. Oh, the URL for this is uh, infowars.com. No, I'm kidding. It's tinyurl.com <laughs> slash Mr. Chin Alex Jones. And that is that is the URL for yeah. that. Talking about email, uh, just triggered. Uh, there's the other story uh, that was just released that the uh, government, um, in an error of redaction, uh, that uh, identified that Snowden was the target in a lot of that case. Oh, really? I, it, so it was Snowden after all? Yep. Yep. Because okay, yep. they were trying to say it was about some, like, cheese pizza case. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. They were trying yeah. to say it was child porn. Um, yeah. Everybody act surprised. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Speaking of cheese pizza, uh, there's a recent news story about our favorite Subway spokesman, Mr. Fogel. Not only has he gained 30 pounds, guy got his ass handed to him, got his ass like kicked in prison just recently. Yeah, I saw that. That's what they do. That's what they do. And apparently, that's when it's only like that's the only case in which uh, that's okay. So, but I thought he liked six-inch hoagies. Oh. <laughs> oh, nice. All right, so uh, that's going to close up the feed, and now we're going to move into our favorite segment of the show, Straight Out of Florida. Straight out of Florida. 
A Lakeland woman is hoping she'll get to keep her alligator named Rambo at her house like she has for the past 11 years. What? So, long, long story short, this lady's got an alligator that's too big for the house. And the Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission uh, doesn't think she can have it anymore. But she insists that it's not crazy to keep an alligator at home like a family member. She gets it all the time, she says. And once they meet him personally, his personality takes over. Wait. You know, the how, alligator. How, how does this happen? Is it like in the house or is it just on their property? It's in her house. It's got a little jacket. What? <laughs> You're kidding me. Uh, <laughs> how, how does it, what did they feed it? Uh, I don't know. They probably go to the store and get some raw chicken or something. That's Cheetos. insane. Is it just Cheetos? <laughs> some, some, I don't easy, know. Easy Mac. Uh, does to get into the bathtub and like twirl the fool around like underwater and shit. That's when it's been nice. God. Oh. He waits by the refrigerator for food and even watches TV. Uh, she, she keeps. And actually, I found this one really funny if you remember Waterboy. She keeps his teeth clean with a toothbrush and toothpaste. Wow. Is the last name Boche? No, 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 but that is one pampered alligator. Jesus Christ. I don't even know how how that is even possible. Wow. So Well the the nice thing is now that now that big government's trying to step in and take her alligator away, her neighbors step you know, standing up for her. He says, I think it's fantastic. I have no problem with it whatsoever. Oh my god. Better vote for Trump. Yeah, I know, right? That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Uh, so, an alligator in your house. You know, th th there's got to be shit everywhere. That can't be sanitary. And what are you going to do? Get, like, a little little dog but, cage but, to but keep it in a room? If, if there were children involved, I can see the state having an interest. Otherwise, who cares if people put themselves in harm's way? And you, you know, can make uh, the argument that, like, the animal's in danger. Um, yeah, I, people eat hamburgers. <laughs> Actually, better vote for John McAfee. <laughs> yeah. The, the uh, we we lived uh, prior to moving down here. We lived in uh, um, Vancouver, Washington. One of the reasons we chose there over the other side of the river, where I worked in Portland, Oregon, was uh, they passed a law that um, for all of uh, like snakes over a certain size, uh, you could not um, keep. We have a red tail boa. They said they would be kind enough that you could bring it down and they would euthanize it for free. Well, how kind of that's, them? That's your, oh. it's your it's your pet, and and you know how many people are killed by by constrictors in the United States every year? Like one maybe zero. Yeah, zero. Would... You, you you know how many people die? The the, the deadliest animal in the United States? Um, cat. A horse. A horse. Ah, uh, horse. That makes sense. Of course. So we should ban. So if you want to go by a risk basis, ban horses, ban dogs, ban all this, and everybody should have a constrictor. That yeah. I agree. And if you want a boa constrictor, a constrictor, there's a ton in the Everglades. So go pick one up. About three thousand less this week, though I think. <laughs> they just had their yearly hunt. Oh really? Wow. Wow. That Zandy wasn't joking. This alligator has like a leather jacket. Which is kind of twisted, I guess. A leather jacket. It appears to be. I mean, it's not alligator leather. 
Actually, the, the picture is pretty damn adorable. I'm not going to lie. I think I've changed my opinion on this. Uh, it's not that big of a gator, actually. It's, what, well, but looking at it, it's probably, what, four to, four to five feet with the tail? Yeah, the news article says six feet. Yeah, yeah, it, it's not a big one. Which yeah. is not big for a gator, apparently. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, that one's small enough. Well, yeah, I wouldn't worry about that. That I oh, had it to, it, It's even got embroidery on the jacket. Yeah. What? It's got his name. It's fucking Rambo. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> oh, my God. This is so Florida. It is so Florida. Yeah. So, I guess, technically, it's not Florida man. It's Florida woman. But, well, she's doing it right. What gender is the alligator? It doesn't say. Damn. Apparently, Rambo also rides ATVs. <laughs> God, man, this is bringing me flashbacks to Louisiana hardcore. I feel like I'm off the Bayou Tesh right now looking at this. This is crazy. Uh, What's well, the link for you guys? For a picture? Oh, thank you. All right, so I guess that's uh, Florida Man, and we can move on to our main topic of the evening. Or what we like to call your mom. Come one, come all. Engaging your mom in three, two, one. Activate. It's November of 2014, and it's Chicago, Illinois. The home of a couple of pretty decent uh, hacker conferences, but there was... And Scruff McGruff. And and Scruff McGruff. And and also uh, the the infamous... uh, TV broadcast intrusion, uh, but that was the perfect place for all of us to uh, come together and host uh, the ShadowCon version 0.5 and the Hacker Hostel there in uh, Chicago. And this was our attempt of the perfect HackerCon. And uh, what did it really consist of as far as the HackerCon goes? Um, well, what it did what did it not consist of? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> no vendors. Yeah. No tracks. No talks. Just hacks. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you go to a HackerCon, uh, and and you go to something like DevCon, a huge one, you know, there's awesome talks, right? Like you can go and stand in line forever. Or you can go to a talk or whatever, but but thanks to like Iron Geek, all that shit's online. Like he goes to every single con and throws all of it on online, except for besides Las Vegas. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, he, 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 he you have all the videos online. So really, what it comes down to, hacker cons aren't just awesome because of the the talks and and the con itself. It's it's the people, it's the parties, it's the the networking, the interactions, and all of the 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 bullshit that you end up doing there. Um, and so, what we thought would be fun is to have a hacker con that was just the fun stuff without any of the actual serious side of things. And so that was the concept of ShadowCon, a a justification for hackers to converge. And just party instead of actually treating it uh, like a, a formal conference, and it was it was pretty pretty uh, good success, wasn't it, guys? Yeah, I came yeah. in. Uh, I came in via train and uh, 
just had a bag with me, and uh, we all booked a well, we all booked our own room in a hostel. So there were what four bunk beds. Well, no, we didn't have individual rooms. We were all in the same room. Yeah. Yeah, one room with four bunk beds. Um, <laughs> and it was a room, yeah, private to just us at ShadowCon. So it ended up being just like a normal HackerCon, only you had beds for everyone. And you yeah, you had have... more beds than normal. <laughs> yeah, you were sleeping in the damn floor. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we were at this amazing hostel. It was, it was actually really legit. And there's a lot of people, like, who were visiting from overseas that were there, which made it really diverse and interesting. Uh, yeah, and because uh, we all split the cost, it ended up being, what, like 20 bucks a night? Yeah. Yeah, something, something like that. I, I still own, uh, or owe Aussie, like, 80 bucks. So, <laughs> that was, it's 80 bucks for the weekend for that. Uh, but, yeah, so... You came in via train. Uh, Zandy, what did you do? How did you get there? God, I don't even remember. This is so long ago. I think you like hitchhiked. <laughs> I'll do that next time. I'll make sure to. I'll have some good stories. Well, what, what did you end up doing, though, for real? Like, uh, you didn't drive, though. Did you take the, the train? train? He took the train. Yeah, that's pretty right. pretty sure I took the train, yeah. And Mr. Chin flew. Yeah. From, he was doing work stuff, and he flew from a job engagement directly to ShadowCon. And, and Polygon was not going to show up because he was being a bitch. He was going to stay and work at a uh, startup incubator that he was working for. They were having some event, and he was going to miss out on the con and just sit there and be a part of the shitty event. And so I was really pissed off about this. Yeah, I was too. Yeah, we all were. Even though we kind of expected it. Like, yeah. it wasn't that much yeah. of a surprise, but we were still pissed off. So Ozzy was going to make the drive up there by himself, and Polygon was going to stay behind and be a little bitch about it. Uh, and so I was mad, and so I don't know if it, I was on the way up there or if I already got to Chicago or both, but I was posting all kinds of, like, offensive things about him on the Facebook, like, event page for that startup <laughs> incubator. Yeah, because I got off the train and walked straight to Panera where you yeah. were set up. Yeah, that's and, right. Uh, you were in progress. Yeah, I was <laughs> right across from Willis Tower. I tried sneaking past security and it didn't go anywhere because I was dressed like a fucking fool. And, uh, and, and, and yeah, I was, I was posting all of these photos and just really trying to make him look like an ass. And come to find out, he, he just he ended up going with Ozzy and they were just trolling us. So, um he he had his laugh, but then I had my laugh because <laughs> I just was defacing the page for uh, for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I came in via bus. Uh, and yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, I took the mega bus. Uh, I heard great things. Um, it's really cheap. I, I was trying to like uh, like like yeah, I, w I was trying to be as cheap as possible on this trip. Uh, and I was able to do the round trip for like 80 bucks, uh, via the bus. And I didn't realize what I was getting myself into, um, until it all oh. happened. Uh, I, how, the thing how about, far and how long? well, well, yeah, 
I went from Dallas, downtown Dallas. See, Megabus, why they're so cheap is because they have zero overhead. And they literally <laughs> have bus drivers and buses. And that's about it. They do not have bus stops. They do not have anything. I went to what I thought was going to be where I loaded up to go on to, you know, this bus, their bus stop there in Dallas. And I get to downtown Dallas, and it's just the dart, like the local transportation stop. And there's all these people standing in a line. And I'm, like, very confused. And I ask them, is this for Megabus? And they're like, yeah. And then eventually, the Megabus person shows up. And then, like, this is the bus driver. And <laughs> he's, like, doing all of it. Loading the bus. Uh, taking the tickets. He has to do all of this by himself. And then we get in this bus and I'm really starting to wonder what I've got myself into. And so we drive and we have a few stops. We only stopped at like fried chicken places. And uh, we, we were like in Little Rock, Arkansas was like our little break. We had 15 minutes or something. And he was very stern about how everyone had to get off the bus. It was freezing cold. And uh, if you didn't make it back on the bus, then you were gone. Like, they weren't going to wait on you. And so you're trying to pee real quick and because you don't want to pee on this bus like the toilet there because it's just disgusting and it smells. And it was just awful. Anyways, it was 24 hours later, I'm in Chicago, but before I get there, I got to stop at Memphis and experience a layover. A layover for a plane may be shitty, but you've never experienced a layover until you've had a Megabus layover. Because <laughs> they brought us to the ghetto of Memphis, and I was stuck out there uh, alone uh, at like... 2 o'clock in the morning or whatever it was. It's from like midnight till 2 a.m. Uh, with no place to go. You're just there. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went to a gas station and, uh, and and passed out. I fell asleep. I couldn't I couldn't stay awake anymore. And just so happened to wake up as they were loading the bus. I would have been stuck there <laughs> with nowhere to go. That, that that would have to be the safest place to be, though, because all of the locals know that's where the mega bus drops off and picks up people. They have no fucking money. Don't rob them. <laughs> it's true. They're taking mega bus. <laughs> and, and it's also got a decent police presence because apparently mega bus used to be used for drug trafficking, and now they have drug dogs that that go to Memphis and sniff everyone's uh, luggage. Um, so, anyways, I get on the bus. We go up to Chicago. I get into Chicago, like I left during the day, uh, like like Dallas, you know, during the day, and, and I get in Chicago during the day. It, it was kind of cool driving in on the interstate and being able to see uh, Chicago with the sunrise. Uh, that was cool, but I purposely dressed like a complete jackass so that no one would rob me. They just look at me and think, this dude doesn't have a nickel. I was trying to look as stupid as possible to minimize my chances of being mugged. And uh, that really screwed me when I wanted to try to like sneak up Willis Tower because I looked like a complete jackass. I mean, it was a button-down shirt that had like little golf characters on it. It was stupid. Um, but anyways, yeah, uh, I got there in one piece. Um, 
24 hours 24 hours of my life on the bus and that wasn't fun because for the most part i was able to like put my shit in the seat next to me and pretend like i was asleep when people would get on the bus so that they wouldn't move and you could have the whole seat to yourself otherwise it was a complete nightmare and at little rock this fucking woman had to wake me up and you know quote wake me up and she, i had to sit next to her and she was fat and she was like all up on my seat too and she kept talking and it wasn't to me it was just to the the air you know she was just saying things and it was a nightmare so if you ever take a bus try to get like a, you know two seats do not share a seat it's horrible but i was able to get into chicago and it was awesome and then from there what? At least that last part's no different than a plane, though. Yeah, true. Except it's 24 hours. Yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you're in it for the long haul. And the Wi-Fi was a complete letdown. I thought I was going to have Wi-Fi. Uh, and Ozzy's the one who sold me on this. He was saying that he was able to have a great time. And he was able to be on the internet the whole time. It was cheap. And yeah, yeah the, he falls down mountains for fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he he. The the internet was non-existent. Uh, I couldn't even do anything on the AP. It was shit. It was horrible. Uh, but anyways, uh, without going forever, we get to Chicago. We all meet up and we get to the hostel, and uh, and and we we enjoyed the hostel a lot. But what were some of the events that we ended up doing? We went to. Well, uh, see Citizen Four in theaters. Yep, that was actually really cool. Yeah. That was yeah, that was cool. There's was actually like a a bunch of people there. Yeah, yeah like, it was packed. Yeah, remember there was a bunch of old people, young people. Just it was diverse. It was awesome. Uh, we went to one of the top ten EDM nightclubs in the country, Smart Bar, and had <laughs> an amazing time there. <laughs> Uh, seeing Mr. Chin dance on a dance floor, uh, <laughs> is something that everyone needs to experience in their life. I was heavily intoxicated, but not nearly as intoxicated as Ozzy. Yeah, Ozzy ha- was not allowed back into the venue when he went outside to smoke a cigarette. Uh, we had like a really pimp couch. Remember, like, it was so cool. It was almost like bottle service, only there was no bottle and no service. It just looked like we had bottle service. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and then we, we were all pretty much except for black math pissed drunk and we sat in each other's laps in an Uber or a taxi cab. I don't remember what state that was that we were in at that time, right, right across from Wrigley field. And it brought us back. It was a lot of confusion, a lot of fun. And we did some other stuff, but it's all kind of, I guess a blur. What else did we do? Uh, uh we stuck stickers on things all over the place. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. There- in preparation for ShadowCon. uh, my wife works at a printing center, so I had her print up a bunch of stickers for ShadowCon. Uh, one of them was this is the classic picture of Polygon photoshopped onto Raggedy Andy riding a longboard. Because he's ginger. Because he's a ginger. <laughs> so I took the picture, wrote YOLO above it, and made a bunch of stickers for everyone. And also made ShadowCon badges. The original design, which was taken from the the uh, the SS Eagle, 
<laughs> instead of holding Mastika is holding the shadow system's gear with, uh, with an S in it yeah so yeah that was the and best part yeah some people were a little shocked by it so it no, was a no. two-sided badge and the right. other side was uh, a little a little more tame yeah it was just like the yeah. normal shadow systems logo and it was white but the the whole thing like the the game there was that you you have to wear the badge at all times but you want to try to subtly flip someone else's badge over to the like nazi looking one <laughs> yeah and the font was uh in fact the font it was like I an, forget the font name it, but yeah it was it, like iron was, sky type font the same font they yeah, used for the movie the iron name sky. of the font was vaguely nazi-esque yeah it was like, pretty awful <laughs> at german or something like that yeah so yeah there was that uh the badge thing uh there was the stickers there was the it, it was yeah uh polygon as as raggedy ann that said yolo and comic sans under it and then there was a a sticker of uh, Mr. Chin sleeping and me hovering above him with a Guy Fox mask, and we plastered yeah. those stickers everywhere, including the back door of the hostel. Which, when we checked out, like the day that we checked out, uh, we saw it was gone, only to find that it was now in the filing cabinet behind the main desk. And we damn near <laughs> exploded in laughter when we saw that. Uh, but we, we did some other stuff, right? Like we went to bars. We Ate a bunch ate. of food. Uh, Intoxicated and. God, it was it was amazing. I it, oh. I highly recommend it, people go to ShadowCon. Did some security <laughs> exercises on the com the community computers in the common area of the hostel. Yeah, yeah, that, that dude who was aspiring to be a chef. I'll never forget him. Uh, and, and, and at one point we walked really, 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 really far to to eat food, and found the most amazing fried chicken place. Uh, oh yeah! Oh, it was so good. It was like on the edge of where are we safe anymore? Uh, well, we've gone this far. Let's keep going. And yeah, it was kind of a small, dirty place. <laughs> it was horrible. We waited for like like thirty plus minutes. And I got like, what, remember I got like chin, 10 drumsticks and I was just walking back eating the drumsticks out in the street, just walking around Chicago with chicken. Like I was Leroy <laughs> Jenkins. Um, but yeah. Some of Ozzy's friends. Oh yeah, yeah. We hung out with uh, Ozzy's friends. Yeah. And uh, well, yeah, it was just a great time. It was a great time. We, we, uh. We were able to do all kinds of fun stuff, hang out. Uh, everyone was a pussy and didn't want to do urban exploration, but, you know, there's always some other time. Uh, but I thought we kept looking for stuff and didn't find anything. No, I specifically remember an alleyway, and you were the only one who wanted to go up the ladder and start climbing on the buildings, but then you pussied out. Uh, we did discover that the uh, the venture cards, which are the cards that you can purchase to ride the uh, CTA, you know, the L or buses, um, they're actually technically debit cards, so they yeah. work on the oh, uh, yeah. like in Chicago. The, there are a lot of ATMs that are in just enclosed spaces in buildings, so there's just a door and like a glass door and glass windows. You just walk in, and there's the ATM there. There's nothing else, just so you can stay out of the the cold and the elements, but you can't get into the ATM 
room on the street if you don't have a card, but the venture cards work. So it was awfully cold. Yeah. And uh, that provided some nice shelter. <laughs> yeah, it was like snowing and crap. And so, yeah, we were able to get in there and. And that was anonymous. Like, you just pay with cash and you get it. And, well, I mean, outside of our faces being on the cameras, but still. Uh, in the subways, that was that was a lot of fun. The uh, the pay phones, uh, I tried redboxing damn near, like, a lot of them. Yeah, and, of course, none of them would work. Uh, it was worth a try. Um, got a bunch of pay phone numbers. Noticed that an ATM, at least one ATM, had uh, the Ethernet jack completely exposed. And there were, I don't recall any CCTV cameras. It was off all by itself. Just asking for uh, a pro bono pen test. And next to it was a payphone with the uh, phone cables uh, also completely exposed. <laughs> so there was some really cool shit that we saw on that trip. And we are going to continue the experience at ThoughtCon. We're going to yeah, invade well, it with Shadow. Kind of had like a unofficial ShadowCon 0.6 for Mr. Chin's bachelor party. Yeah, but we won't talk about that one. That's not a real con. No, uh, what what happens in Dallas stays in Dallas. Oh, well, Mr. Chin, why don't you tell us about your bachelor party? You know, that was a, um, a social experiment that was very successful, and that's all we're going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Long story short, Zandy uh, contracted... <laughs> Um, a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, so that's, that's, uh, what we did with having our own con. So it was, it was all the fun you have at a hacker con without the actual con. Uh, it was all the pros without the cons. Ah, and so, um, we did that and that was awesome. And we were going to do it at ThoughtCon this year. And I hope to actually make more talks at ThoughtCon than normal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Me too. Hopefully. Okay, well, because, it's good. we got the Saturday to fuck off, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, part of ShadowCon was, uh, <laughs> you know, whenever we all get together at, you know, some cons, I end up skipping so many talks, and because we all just hang out. Yeah, at Freak so ShadowCon Nick, was well. At let's Freak do Nick that without. Uh, yeah, I I went to one con at Freaknik 2012. And that's all I remember. I know I was really drunk. I don't remember the the talk too much, but yeah. Yeah. So if any listeners are uh, going to go to ThoughtCon, drop by and say hi. Yeah, Sh- Sh- Shadow Systems is the official non-sponsor of the after party. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, but yeah, uh, continuing on uh, uh, with. That was us doing the kind of anti-con, but what if you wanted to start your own monthly con? How do you do that? Waterfall, how does it begin, and, and what is that? Are cons the topic? Sort of, yeah. Like the non-con. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, honestly, I, I, the only experience I have is with what uh, DHA has grown to be over these past three years, and... Uh, so I, I, I think it's helped that it's organic. And if you look at the history of a lot of cons, it has been that way. You know, DEF CON didn't start as uh, the be-all, end-all of security cons. It was, right, that was a goodbye to... Uh, BBSs. Messaging board or whatever. What's that? It was uh, like a, into uh, like some BBS, right? 
right? It was a good by-party for that. So I, I, I think uh, um, that organic growth, uh, which, you know, we, we started with a dozen people or so at DHA, Death Hackers Association, just a monthly meetup, and it's grown to, I think we're just under 500 now. Of course, we don't get that in attendance, but uh, we've been averaging about 10% recently. Um, the uh, To get things going, I mean, it, it was never the intention from the beginning to have what we have today. It was, uh, you know, organic. It was, let's just get some cool people together and talk about cool shit. Um, and then, um, just to make sure things succeeded, uh, in, in the beginning, I bought free wings. And I think that, I, I know Mr. Chin, right? That's why you came, correct? <laughs> I mean, you know, free wings. I mean, of course. It's an yeah. incentive. But, uh, well, yeah, um, yeah, where it's today, I think the, the biggest, probably the biggest thing for success as far as, uh, what we do, and I think it probably translates into a lot of cons, is uh, venue. You know, that makes or breaks. Um, you can have bad coffee, but the venue really has to be conducive to what you're trying to accomplish. And with DHA, we have now a fantastic venue, Family Karaoke, uh, in Dallas. That sounds bizarre <laughs> for a venue if uh, you haven't been there, but. Um, we have a main room that the audio video is spectacular because it's meant to be a dance party karaoke place. And then we have separate rooms that we can do, uh, you know, one-off tag. Well, we have, uh, we started kind of a kid's corner thing for projects that people can't get out uh, or if they want to bring their kids to uh, do a project. My wife's running that. Um, we have a monthly uh, lockpick village as well as a monthly CTF. And the success really comes down to um, having the right people involved. Uh, I got incredibly lucky off the bat with uh, getting Tinker involved and then our host here, Whiskey Neon, and then pulling in the other people. <laughs> we lost them. Oh, no. <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> oh my god. That is the best thing I've ever experienced. Oh my god. So Skype. Yeah, more like. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I can't believe that happened. In a nutshell, that's uh, where we came from and where we are today. Um, you've been involved for quite a long time uh, in, in this, uh, most of the three years. What are your thoughts? Oh, uh, whoa, what's going on? Yeah, bye, Zandy. Too noisy. Um, my, uh, my thoughts on this is that, you know, when I, when I first went, it wasn't... You know, it was about 20 people or so, and I loved it instantly because it was exactly, like, it was legitimate. Like, it wasn't this whole corporate thing. It, it seemed, 
you know, it wasn't awkward mostly. Like there, there wasn't. I was actually surprised. That, it wasn't awkward for you. It was awkward for everybody else because you show up and give a talk about <laughs> stalking women. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Um, <laughs> I guess if you put it like that, yeah. But uh, no, like. Let's be honest. A lot of people in tech, or especially in, in just sub, subvert, uh, subversive cultures in general, you're going to have a lot of unique individuals, and a lot of these aren't the most uh, outgoing. Or uh, let's face it, most people are introverts, right? And and it's really cool at a hackercon to see a bunch of introverts get together and uh, and, and kind of let loose. And but at, at DHA, I didn't feel like a bunch of awkwardness. Uh, that I expected to encounter there like you do at a normal hacker con. It was much more friendly and engaging and nice. And, uh, yeah. So, so that was one thing, the, the initial, uh, you know, perspective of everything. But then as it grew, uh, and continues to grow, it, it becomes, uh, just, that it, 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 it's literally a, a mini con every month. You have all these activities, and I think that not having vendors involved and being able to pull it off like, like that without charging a mission is like the reason why it's so successful because just the format, all of the shit that you can now do with the new venue and the people that go, it's just a great community that comes together. It, it represents different segments of the Dallas area. And, uh, yeah, I think it's it's pretty badass. Uh, I, I, what really amazes me is that these past uh, couple months, um, I get this just incredible, incredibly nervous feeling as it's coming down because nobody signed up to talk. Um, you know, everybody's staring at us up there in the front doing the, you know, the, the intro and news. Yeah. Um, and then if we have nothing to turn it over to, just going, okay, we'll have fun. Um would feel like a failure but right every right. single time people step up and that's what, it, what it's all about it's about participation and people who've never spoken with last time last month we had an individual as his first time uh, kind of like yourself just because there was nobody talking got up and and gave a, a great preso on uh on uh voice over ip honeypots yeah so. yeah and and uh <laughs> It's it's uh it's so funny to see the diversity in talks, uh, where you can go from something really elite down to uh, like just a cool project that someone's working on, uh, and then everywhere in between. And sometimes rants occur. Basically, anytime Mister Chin's going to speak, it's going to be some rant. Yeah, that's very true. I think he's only talked about a proper topic once. The rest have just been him bitching about stuff. Which is well, perfectly hasn't cool. It, hasn't, it, hasn't it been most of the time with the talk that not the one that he did, um, that was planned, but they've happened because of goadings from a certain individual, which kick off the rant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and yeah, that's one thing that I've enjoyed. I remember uh, when uh, I I don't know, I'd only gone a couple of months or whatever, and. Uh, I enjoyed that there was like a discussion going on uh, with kind of everyone going back and forth and 
not really having like an argument, but arguing their viewpoint and uh, having a, a really cool discussion. Uh, I forget what the topic was. It sounds like most logic lawyer uh, speaking. <clears throat> you know, whenever he talks about the law, all of a sudden hackers seem uh, hackers, IT people uh, jump in with logic. Uh, you know, <laughs> what would be the logic? What would be the logical, you know, into this uh, situation or the logical way to approach something? And it's hysterical because they're arguing from a logic standpoint. And he's like, "Yeah, that's nice, but uh, it's not the law." <laughs> yeah, and he he has such a badass attitude about uh, everything. Uh, I, I mean, he, he he's <laughs> he's very stern and direct, as we both experienced. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, the people make it just as much as the organization, but I think the combination just happens to be perfect. And I don't know if you can necessarily replicate it in other places, but the idea of starting something well, that's kind of I don't know that, because this is a, this is a spinoff of Aha. I mean, I, I was so impressed with the format. Um, they've stayed smaller, but they they do kick any people out if you don't participate consistently you're you don't come um and we haven't gone that far but uh but it it was that same dynamic that same feeling that same just this uh, of enjoyment and that's why this started um and it's continuing i mean there's saha ha ha um both of the portlands maine and oregon now have haws from <laughs> members of ours that have gone so yeah. I, I think there's a real need in the community for something like like this because you have the ISSAs you have the uh, you know uh, all the official ones with the hour long talking head and mostly corporate but then you also have like DC uh, groups and 2600 but this is different than than those and and honestly DHA is completely different than anything else because of the fact that it's it's a miniature con so it's the miniature con aspect, I don't know if you could pull off in every, like, city, uh, if there's enough active people, you could, but, uh, the idea of a group, like, what makes DHA different than, like, a 2600 or a DEF CON group? You know what I mean? It's... I, I, well, I easily to say the difference between 2600 is we actually have content, uh, that we discuss. Right, right. Um... <laughs> <laughs> for the D, the the defcon group um it's almost specifically security oriented and while that's one of my primary interests i I'm, i like tinkering with things and so we have it it's almost we play a bit into the maker hacker space stuff in fact our local hacker space was born out of dha um but so we have a lot of those types of people who are just tinkerers which doesn't need to be security centric right are very security centric well, yeah, because hacking, you know, it's it's the whole mindset thing. I guess that's part of why it's uh, it's it sets it apart from the others is because of the fact that it's not just security focused. It's also um, hacking, uh, you know, other things, life hacks, uh, just or, everything. Like Rainmaker, Rainmaker <laughs> can talk about the, some of the, the, the talks he's given, which aren't security. I mean. The, the, I'm thinking of the all the virtual reality stuff I've been doing. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. It's not really infosec, but it's definitely like altering the intended nature of a product in a manner that you know 
I consider hacking, you know? Yep. In fact, um, I'm working on a topic next time I can actually make it to DHA. My wife is actually working on this. It's a concept called travel hacking. It's manipulating, you know, uh, frequent flyer miles and purchasing things in order to, you know, more or less break the system. So um, that should be an interesting talk. And it has nothing to do with InfoSec. And that's nice. really awesome, actually. <laughs> I like that concept. Um, so, yeah, you have ShadowCon, which is like being insane or fun and having your, like, all the con antics, but without the actual con, uh, or hijacking a con, sort of, is what we're doing with ThoughtCon, kind of doing it at the same time. Uh, and then you have... Uh, DHA, which is a monthly meetup that has grown into a miniature HackerCon every month. Uh, so those are two approaches that are pretty damn awesome. I mean, Zandy uh, went to a DHA when we first started the new format. I don't know if we did the lockpicking yet, did we, Zandy? Oh, yeah, I forgot. We kicked him off because his audio was shit. <laughs> well, anyways... <laughs> Uh, Rainmaker, you drive a good distance uh, to go. Uh, what brought you to DHA, and why is that something that uh, you know uh, compels you to keep going? Well, originally it was it was quite the opposite. Um, DHA, in its uh, when it was back at the Rich Tavern in Richardson, was walking distance from my work. Um, and funny enough, I was extremely new to infosec and hacking in general, and that was really one of the reasons why I went was because it was so easy to get to. Um, once I kind of got to know the people there and, you know, how the atmosphere was, um, and then since we moved, um, it was, it's a considerable longer distance now. It's well over an hour for me to get there. Um, maybe an hour and a half or more in rush hour. But um, because of the experience that I've had, it's, it's worth the trip. So, um, and that's why I'm going to continue to come back and continue to talk. So, um, uh, that's really kind of the, the reason how I got into it and, and why I continue to go. Well, yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, well, I guess there are, are to, to kind of end this whole segment, uh, what's wrong with cons today and what can be done to make them better? Because there's a lot of gripes about cons and then there's a lot of pros about cons. And that's kind of a... A paradox I just said in that last sentence, but anyways, what what's the uh, uh, waterfall? You go to a lot of cons, so what's some things that you feel like can be done better? Almost unanimously, the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I well, this is slightly rampy. Um, I think the focus on the cons I prefer where I, I like our format for DHA with it being very broad. Um, you know, even though we say, you know, a mini con every month, it's very, very broad. I like cons that are very specific, very targeted uh, so that it's, uh, it's not, there isn't beginner stuff. You're going to a con because this is what you do and this is what you're passionate about. Um, like I really like LazCon in Austin, application security very focused on some, some really cool AppSec stuff. Uh, previous year's ISSW has, has been that way for uh, um, a very technical, very hacker-breaker-oriented 
looking at the schedule this year, I'm still going, but it, it, it doesn't look nearly as impressive. Um, the problem I have is instead of blue team, the defense side, corporate side, creating their own conventions and, 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 you know, getting together because they need to socialize just like we do. Uh, they have usurped many of these cons. So the tracks have slowly, slowly, slowly turned from red to purple to actually more blue now. And that's great for those people who like it, but it was my fucking con first. And go start your own con. So that's the problem I have is this mix of, of stuff that you know, some people might find find that interesting, uh, and there's a, definitely a place for it, but for the the classic cons that started it out as this is hacker, cracker, breaker, that's what it is. Keep it that way. Well, Start Marvel, a one across the street. Go ahead. I was going to say what probably one of the catalysts to making these cons more blue-leaning is CPE credits. I think that's really kind of the bait that draws those people in. And as long as you have a con that doesn't really offer that uh, incentive, I think you'll continue to keep it a little bit more red, you know? I th- um, I, I think it probably CPEs. I, I think are important, but I, I don't know for. Are uh, 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 there a specific uh, thing you're thinking of for them? Because like the CISSP is honestly a joke as far as CPEs go. Because I like a DHA, I put two hours every time. Um, everything I go to, I put however many hours I was there. Uh, if you can watch an hour-long vendor web uh, yeah. webinar and get an hour CPE credit for that, I'm fucking counting DHA. Uh, yeah. I've been audited twice, and all they cared about was, was I there? It's like, well, I, yeah, I kind of run it, so yeah, I was there. Um, Shadowcast is going to count for CPE credits. So. <laughs> yeah, that might, I would honestly say that might be a little stretch there. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck them. I'm just going to tell people that you can get credits, and then so that we get all these listeners, and then they get audited and they get fucked. And hopefully they never listen to this episode. <laughs> but but actually, I, the the blue team thing really comes from uh, the the call for papers team. It's not going to be the people who necessarily go as much as it is the organizers who are picking the talks. You know, I mean, that's who I feel yeah. is to blame for that transition. And who are these people? And and you know, what? Why are they so obsessed with not doing more red? Uh, or is it that there's so little red? Uh, you know, submissions, and it's mostly blue, and that's who they go with. Well, uh, who knows? Well, what did you think of the last? Uh, I was on the CFP team for uh, B sides. DFW last year. What did you think of the mix there? I th- I thought besides DFW was fantastic. Um, uh, the the talks that were there, the the people who were speaking, it was a very balanced mix of blue and red. Like it, it was perfect in that sense, to where uh, no matter what team you're on, you're you're gonna get something out of it. And there's other cons and we can where all you don't feel that way. We can all get along, but make them tracks. Make it so that I'm not deciding on which of the, you know, um, red talks I want to go to because I can only go to one because they're against each other. Have a have a red track and a blue track and a management track, and then you're not missing. Exactly. 
That that's very important, I think. Yeah, uh, the, splitting the tracks up—that's the perfect way to do it. And that's the way. Otherwise, it I, I I miss going to one I want to see, and then I have to sit through one I don't want to be in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I thought B-Sides DFW did it perfectly, and uh, I, yeah, that that was an excellent uh, choice of of talks, and uh, it was it was really good seeing. Uh, uh, the huge turnout there it was that was really well put together and i, I feel like a, a lot of the b-sides b are, are like spawning up everywhere uh and that's good but uh as far as being able to have like quality mega uh cons like your defcon defcon's too big now right everyone says it's too big you just go there too do the shadow con style um you know dicking off and 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 going to parties uh because you're going to stay in line forever otherwise so of course going to defcon it's an experience that's awesome but you're not going to get the same experience as you would if you saw that talk at a different like at a b-sides on the other side of the country you know the same dude does the talk twice um I feel like you'd have a better experience at another venue. Uh, so, I don't know. There's so many cons out there now. Uh, and a lot of these are vendor-influenced uh, cons. Uh, as you can see with... Uh, I don't know. What was that one Rainmaker that you went to in DFW recently? Oh, uh, Secure World, I think. Yeah, wasn't that, that just shit? It was... Well, it was very much so uh commercial um i but you know you kind of know what you're getting yourself into when um you know the secret service is the one that's doing the keynotes so um you know it, it <laughs> and but that's what i signed up for but you know you're right it was it wasn't the greatest but i thought some of the talks were okay and then recently the ntx issa did a uh, conference that i attended and i thought that one was actually pretty good so you know, there you, you win some, you lose some, really. Yeah. Well, what's uh, what's something that uh, you Raymaker think could be better for for cons? Do you really want to know what I think could be better for uh, DHA? We've already had this conversation. I know it's not going to improve, but be that a lot of us oh, uh, yeah. are now traveling, <laughs> I would love to have a way to either live stream or see recordings of the sessions. But I, I know Tinker has some issues with that, so I'll just stand down. I know a lot of people would probably have issues. I don't, I don't know. I don't really like that. I know, I know you have this really badass camera. Just put it to use, man. <laughs> Waterfall's never been a fan of that, uh, right? Oh, there's, I have mixed feelings. I, I don't personally have a problem. I'll talk about anything when, um, live or streamed. Um, but, it's a, it was it's kind of like smoking you know um, I we had a when we were in Richardson you could smoke but I, and we had an individual who really really wanted to all the time um, oh. but <laughs> the uh, the point is you, you you don't for the respect of the other people who find it offensive and and the, the recording part there are some people who find it really really they, they would not come um, if they were being recorded and streamed. Uh, so, you know, kind of a respect out of that. Um, also, 
uh, I think it does drive. It, it sucks when you have to miss it, but it does drive people to come. You can't get this. You know, it's like the we were talking about in the beginning about the DefCon talks. Now everything's re- because of Iron Geeks recorded. Well, you know, so you just watch it on YouTube later. Yeah. Um, this forces people to come, and that's the whole the whole uh, thing of DHA is that interaction of the people. Yeah, yeah, it definitely. And, I mean, it could get more people to come out because they do find the videos. It could be both. But, I, 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 I don't know, I like the idea of possibly doing, with those who are okay with it, a, uh, a, a very private live stream. But then even that, it's just like, I don't know, it gets all messy. Uh, but I understand both sides. There's there's some talks I've given that I would not want yeah. <laughs> recorded. Well, more more of the I think the the informal part the the chatter that that I think really makes the group cohesive. Uh, a lot of people I think would I would even be less likely to. Well, no, I wouldn't. Um, but a lot of people there are some people who would be less likely to just chirp in and and yell something if it was being recorded for all past posterity. Yeah. You know. But at the same time, I, I, I feel like I'm missing out on so all much of value. Shame. Yeah. yeah. But like I was saying, I feel like I miss out on so much because I literally can't be in two places at one time. I mean, I want to be picking locks, doing the CTF, and listening to all the sessions, but I just can't do all the all three at the same time. And had there been an opportunity to say, yeah, okay, I'll just listen to the sessions after the fact or, you know, vice versa, that would allow me to, you know, get more value out of the time I'm spending there, you know? That's well, I fully point. understand, that, and for people who can't come as well, I, I fully understand the desire for it. Um, and, uh... We'll just sell it on iTunes. Really piss everyone off. <laughs> DRM and everything. <laughs> you can rent a, a per talk four ninety nine. If you really want it, you'll pay. Well, and and I think I think that was really what we were using the after hours for was yeah. to do a recap that we did record. So it wasn't the actual presentation, but we what was discussed and some key if it was uh, you know key resources. We didn't do uh, Mr. Chen Bitley's, but um, <laughs> you know providing people with an overview of what went on and that that uh, uh, they just ended up becoming a drunken. Rams, so it's still fun though yeah we, we need to record uh the past months this weekend we'll talk about that i think you still need to i think you still need to <laughs> post the previous one yeah i was thinking that earlier i was like oh we're talking about dha oh i need to post uh the last podcast yeah. i'll do that tonight it'll be a double whammy for friday uh nice. yeah black math what's what do you think could be better with cons uh i have the same problem the Rainmaker is talking about um, at, you know some of the cons I go to uh, like all of the villages and, and things like that you know I, I'd have to choose between talks I might want to go to or those and then the other problem where okay I've got two talks that I do want to attend and I have to choose one and then there are blocks of time when there are no talks that um, I you know, I have no interest in going to or I sit through something that just turns out to be crap. Which I guess those those times would be good for uh, you know, going to Lockpick Village or something like that, but so many choices. Um, there there have been some cons that I guess now like 
you don't really have I mean as as infosec has really come about as its own industry you know you have infosec conferences and hacker cons and I, I, I sometimes there are blurred lines or people try and figure out a happy medium and sometimes they they, they don't work very well there's a con that I used to go to up here in the Midwest that you know their their whole uh, shtick was trying to do a con that blended uh, the the corporate infosec world and and the world uh, of hacking um, you know that I guess their their idea was get kids with mohawks and black shirts you know side by side with dudes and ties and polo shirts all coming together and every time I've gone to that con uh, I I don't feel like anybody's blending. It's kind of this awkward. It's like a, a middle school. <laughs> it's a middle school prom. Kind <laughs> of, yeah. It, it is like oil and water, and uh, I mean they they have four tracks, and one of them is heavily geared toward high level management type of uh, security talks, um, but they don't quite label label it like that. They're just labeled by colors and. You know, there's this uh, uh, DDoS mitigation talk that I went to, and I thought, oh, cool. You know, I have, I have to do stuff like this at work all the time. Uh, I thought it was going to be a, like a technical breakdown on, you know, real-time defense against attacks, and it was more about uh, putting together your your incident response uh, policies, and that kind of bummed me out. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So instead of having like this blend of both worlds, you had this environment where uh, the hacker crowd was never comfortable enough to really let loose, and you had the business crowd who was a little uncomfortable with some of the uh, more risque aspects of uh, yeah. hacker cons. But you know. I feel like you, the, the mix isn't 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 necessarily the best thing. Like, yeah. it, 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 that, it, that that should be segregated, you know. Yeah, like, I don't think that concept really really worked for them. But they usually do have good keynotes, and I actually uh, saw Henry Rollins talk. They had as their aftercon entertainment had an hour of Henry uh, Henry Rollins, which was worth the price of admission. There you go. Yeah, uh, that's a interesting concept that I guess didn't work out but it's kind of like uh, I don't know if you're yeah do your corporate do your hacker cons separate if I, I think corporate people would totally benefit from the hacker con side and hackers could benefit from the corporate side but you know let, let it be in your own medium I mean hacking I think cultures will evolve. Ah, I don't know uh, hopefully but one one thing that I, I will say is like if you're if you're a corporate dude who's you know not into hacking culture, uh, and go to a hacker con and have have a blast and wear your suit or whatever, um, or, or do what Michael Hayden did at DevCon when he spoke. Wear your wear your jeans and your t-shirt and tuck it in if you have to, <laughs> but. You know, like there's nothing wrong with trying to immerse yourself in both cultures, but trying to do a balance where, uh, like the, I guess the new Shadow uh, Cast tagline, "Hacking is offensive," is very true, because 
a lot of people in in the the hacking culture that we experienced with the the media, the hacker media stuff that existed like a decade ago. They didn't give a shit about corporate image, our political correctness, and the good way, not in the bad way. And sometimes with like some people, it was in the bad way. But this point remains is they were genuine, and they were doing what they loved, and and that and that was really awesome. And talks where people are not constrained, they end up being much more entertaining and engaging. So, well, actually, uh. You know, it's not so much the different uh, uh, environments or, or the different uh, groups, I guess, but as far as information security as a job goes, uh, I mean, it's it's an industry that started with computer geeks and hackers and tinkerers and things like that, where now we've evolved to a point where you get people who've never been interested in hacking or people going into computer science because Hey, it's supposed to pay well and you know a promising career and career growth and things like that and i mean i work with people who you know are computer science grads that you know never really were interested in security or hacking but uh there's good job job opportunity and you know now i'm working side by side with them and there are a lot of things that you know in the past i would have assumed to have been present in their you know, in their mindset or, you know, cultural references or, you know, uh, historical knowledge of uh, computing or hacking or anything like that, that just not there. And it's very weird. So you have these people who essentially like, you know, you have people that go into medicine, they want to be a doctor because it's a good career, not because they're interested in, you know, helping people or biology or anything like that. It's not a passion. It's just simply just a career choice. So when you have that part of the industry growing at such a rapid pace, now you're blending uh, those two groups. And I wouldn't say it's, you know, it's like the, the business people and the hackers, it's because I mean, you have hackers that, you know, do it professionally. Um, you just have people that have different mindsets and came from completely different worlds. And where it used to be just, you know, you go to a con and, you know, almost 100% Everybody's got the same type of mindset and passions and interests, and it's and a lot of times it's not like that anymore. So yeah. what you're saying is, with these people at work that you're you're around now, you can't just spout out swordfish and have them laugh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or what's war games? No, oh. really. Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> wow. But there is hope. I, I think you you hit on the key word though, which is passion, and I think that that's the. the the biggest thing is we, we've uh, uh, recruited out of um, DHA uh, for, for my work. Um, and I, I would anywhere, when, when people come up and ask, you know, what, what should I do to break in? What should I do? It's like, you're doing exactly what I would recommend is if you're passionate, you're going to get the to things. Um, the people who aren't, it's that it's just a job, um, you know, I don't care that you have a master's in cyber or something. You know, that doesn't really mean much to me. It's this this energetic group that's passionate about it because that's where you're going to get all the uh, return. Yeah. Just because so. you're cyber friends doesn't mean shit. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my contribution to uh, the, the 
the hacker world is uh, we tend to like to hire uh, really promising CS and CE grads. Um, like I said, some of them, you know, none ever really, you know, had not been passionate about uh, hacking or security. And so it's my job to slowly introduce them into the subculture and uh, uh, how much fun it can be. So, I mean, there's a guy I work with who is a very, very, very smart individual. Um, and I, I forget what uh, war game site it was. It might have been like Smash the Stack or something like that. And it's kind of showed him around and, you know, he he loves computers, but never really got into hacking, quote unquote. And you show him stuff like that. And he said, oh, that's so cool. And, you know, he helps me figure figure exercises out and things like that and uh, kind of starts planting that seed in there. And uh, I think over the past several months, you know, it's really changed his, his approach, his mindset and kind of he had that natural curiosity in him, but it kind of started to blossom. So, yeah. And, uh, Mr. Chin, are you still awake? <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. Oh, what, what's, what say you and make it brief. Cause you're long winded. Just kidding. But yeah. Um, I'm going to echo on what Wirefall said. Uh, the specifically the talk conflicts, you got to either pick one or the other, and you've got all these villages. Uh, same with Runemaker. You can't basically what everybody else just said. I, I mean, you throw me in at the end and expect me to comment with new material. Who the hell do you think I am? Well, well I've got a Damn. question for you about cons. Um, if you were to just so happen to see uh, a, a, a person who who you find attractive, how would you approach that person at a, at a hacker con? You personally. <laughs> and that's an inside story. Oh God. I just had to do that to put him on the spot. Anyways. Um, well, well, you, I, you could hold up a bunch of fives and say big money MacBook. <laughs> yeah, you could. <laughs> Uh, so anyways, um, yeah, I, all of you guys, uh, basically what you said, I agree with, uh, I, I think that one thing that I, I've enjoyed is, uh, like at Route 66, uh, I really appreciated when they had a role, no vendor talks whatsoever, and, uh, a dude does his talk, and, like, ten minutes in, it's a vendor talk, and they kicked him off. Like, they just stopped the entire talk, and he was done. There was no talk for that track for that entire time period. They kicked him out. And the after party was at a at a club and, and Dulcor uh, performed. So uh, having having a good mix of all, all kinds of fun activities um, and making it, I don't know, fun. Having fun is a good bit of it. It shouldn't feel like a job fair type like a corporate oh, i have to go to this damn conference for work you know it, like hacker cons should be as fun as hacking is and yeah, I agree. and and that's something that uh, i don't know it seems like it's it's going far one way and then maybe needs to go f further the other way and and th there'll be some cool things that maybe are in the pipeline uh with wirefall is uh, gonna meet with some people about resurrecting HoHoCon potentially, and making it HaHaCon. 
um, and and with B sides groups, uh, you know, locally, uh, volunteer and get involved, and then you can actually help shape it into something awesome, like with what Wirefall did with B sides DFW, with the uh, uh, Call for Paper Selection uh, crew. So you know. Kyle was on that as well, uh, and uh, we had a good team there. And Isaac drove all of it last last year. So, yeah, Isaac really stepped up to the plate and did a badass job, real badass. And thanks to Rainmaker hooking me up with uh, uh, a vendor, well, core security, we were uh, able at the last minute to pull off the after party. So. That was amazing that there was able to be an after party due to just people getting together and trying to make it happen. It was awesome. Uh, and I, it, does anyone else have any last statements about cons? <laughs> yeah, well, I guess. Well, Mr. Chin doesn't. <laughs> I guess he muted his <laughs> mic. We no, we I know. We don't hear the jets going off in the background anymore. <laughs> Okay, you can mute it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, uh, anyone else have any last statements? I, uh, I think you uh, just said the perfect thing. Get involved. You know, anybody who's listening to this. Um, and it doesn't mean you have to run the call for papers. Just get involved. They need volunteers. They need uh, help everywhere. It's, it's, this isn't something they do for profit. Uh, well, the, the B-sides. There's other ones that make money, but... Uh, yeah, just get involved. Yeah. Uh, I also recommend sponsoring the con. Get some friends together and sponsor aspects of the con. Take it away from the corporate sponsors and make it more about hacking. That's what we're trying to do at Shadow Systems. And uh, really cool to to say uh, besides Oklahoma... Shadow Systems is uh, going to be helping out there. We're a collaborative sponsor. Uh, so that'll be something to look forward to at besidesok.com or .org. I don't remember. I think it's .com. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we, 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 we want to try to do that as much as possible. Sponsor as many cons to try to take a little bit back from what's been taken from us. <laughs> and, getting in, and getting involved even doesn't have to be you know, the formal volunteering. Just show up. Go. Yeah. Participate by going. Um, you know, we've seen a, a huge surge in uh, the region on attendance at these cons, but compared to how many InfoSec professionals there are or people who enjoy tinkering and hacking, it's what maybe a percent, half a percent, quarter of a percent. Just go. Yeah, it's a life-changing experience, really. Uh, I can say that I've had many life-changing experiences due to hacking groups and hacking cons. Uh, so I know others have as well. So yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, is that it for everyone? Are we done? I know Raymaker had a really cool thing, but can we hold that off for next week? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, awesome. Alright, well, uh, Raymaker, what's your last, uh, word for the, the week? 
In the wise words of Lucius Assius, let them hate so long as they fear. Nice. Oh. (laughs) Mr. Chin, step it up. Fuck this noise, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Blackmath, what's yours? Uh... Hi. <laughs> I and, think on behalf of Zandy, I believe. Yeah, Waterfall, what's yours? I'm actually supposed to be working right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and from all of us at Shadow Systems, we always encourage you to hack the planet. Shadow Systems.